0: Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung. You guys, I will be in Anchorage, Alaska on Saturday, April 8th at 1 p.m. at East Street Theater doing a live recording of K-Drama School podcast. Yeah, isn't that exciting? I'm excited. Aren't you excited? It's going to be awesome. We're going to have very funny comedians from Los Angeles, including me, and we'll be doing some stand-up. We'll also be doing some flashcard questions on shows like The Glory, Crash Course in Romance. And one more, and that's a surprise. I'll let you know on the day of. Okay? So if you're in Anchorage, Alaska, or if you're anywhere around Anchorage, Alaska, just come by. It's a free show. Saturday, April 8th at 1 p.m. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys. Folks, I had a brief moment of freak out because, you know, when I'm booking these flights and tickets and you know, making bookings for hotels, for for my layovers, for uh, car rentals. You know, it's like I'm doing this on my own. You know, it's not like I have an assistant. It's not like I have a manager who's taking care of this shit, you know, and I'm doing it by myself. And I realized, like, I, I fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up in several ways while booking this trip, you know. Like, I, I had done this thing on Airbnb and I thought I canceled it. I remember canceling it, but it didn't cancel. And then I was charged $200. Yeah, for nothing. For absolutely no service whatsoever. Just $200 just because they could do it. Just because they can. Just because some words are written on their fucking website. So Airbnb took $200 out of my bank. Again, for no fucking reason. Yeah. And then uh, I thought I had booked a flight for uh, the the night of Saturday, yeah, the eighth, to return to Los Angeles. But it turns out I booked that flight for uh the night of Friday, the seventh. Yeah. Cause it was like a twelve AM flight, see? So I was reading it as, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was my that was my boo boo, okay? And that cost me over four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So so far I am uh six hundred and fifty dollars uh in the red for my mistakes alone. Yeah. For the parts that are not my mistakes, those are still, yeah, keeping me in the red. About $1,000 in the red without mistakes. Yes. Okay. And then um, there's uh, also the matter of, you know, eating and, you know, paying for fuel. Cost of, you know, whatever souvenirs Grace decides that she needs when she gets to Alaska. Does she need a, a baby bear? Okay, does she need a bear cub uh, stuffed animal? Does she need a wolf-shaped stuffed animal? For whatever fucking reason, does she need those things? I don't know. Maybe, right? I don't know how much those cost. Maybe it'll cost like $29, $30. Whatever. What I'm saying is, um, yeah, deep in the red for my mistakes for this fucking thing. Yeah. I don't know, like... I don't know how it ended up happening. You know, I guess January was a funky time. You know, maybe was I just high? Was I just too high? I remember I was, I was high a lot in January. That might have something to do with it. You know, with my errors and my mistake, me just, you know, kind of like hitting it too fast. Like, you know, as soon as I get the news, like, yeah, you're accepted to the festival and I just start booking things like immediately, you know, maybe I should, I should have like taken a moment to be calmer to center myself, maybe chill out a little bit, be a little bit more mindful, and uh, make moves steadily without rushing, right? Because the rushing ended up costing me $650. God, really fucking sucks, okay? That's all I can say. All I can say is that it sucks. But, you know, I just decided, like, am I going to dwell on that? Am I going to dwell on the $650 that I lost? Am I going to dwell on that, or am I going to just look at it as okay, you know. This this was a bummer. It was a bummer to fuck up, okay? Fine. But at least it's not $650,000, right? I mean, that that is like holy shit. What do you do? What does a person do after they fuck up $650,000 worth? Yeah. At least it's not that. At least it's not $650 million. Mhm. At least it's not $6,500. I mean, that would have hurt. If it was $6,500, that would have hurt like hell. But it's not. It's $650. And at the end of the day, $650, I mean, as significant as it is, it's also, like, not that significant, you know? So I'll just I'll just fucking chalk it up to the cost of business, all right? Just the cost of business, and we'll leave it at that. Because if I don't, If I don't do that, then um, how am I going to get through the rest of this evening? Huh? (laughs) You guys, last week I spent the whole episode ranting and raving about how terrible season one of Big Bet is. And so I want to spend today praising a show, a very overlooked show that is very much like under everybody's radar. It's not even on your radar. It's like... Not even there. You guys have not even seen it. Probably not even heard of it. You guys have you guys have barely thought about it. You guys haven't seen a single ad about it. You guys are not interested. You guys are not interested in this show that I'm about to talk about. No, because it's over like 15 years ago when the show came out. Yes. No, not over 15 years. About 14 years ago. Whatever. What is, why does that matter right now, okay? The show I'm going to talk about is called City Hall, which came out in 2009 from SBS. It is written by hit maker Kim Uh suk uh-huh. We know her. She made shows like The Goblin, you know, Lonely and Great God. She made The Glory, which is a big hit on Netflix. She wrote Descendants of the Sun. She wrote, you know, Lovers in Paris. She wrote uh, The King Eternal Monarch. She wrote... Mr. Sunshine. Okay, so she is a showrunner, K-drama hitmaker. All right, but she wrote this, this tiny show called City Hall back in 2009, and nobody's seen it. Mm-mm, nobody's seen it. But the reason why I want to talk about it is because it's a good show. It is a really good show. Why is it a good show? It stars two amazing actors. All right, Kim Sana and Cha Seung-won. They're both dramatic actors, neither of them are comedians, but they are amazing when it comes to comedic delivery, all right? They're both weird and zany. They're not afraid to get weird and zany. They're not afraid to express themselves in bizarre ways. They like really get into it, you know? They they got the clown spirit. Yes, absolutely, right? And usually when you're watching these uh duo acts right like when there's like a comedy duo you usually have like the straight man and then the funny man all right but in this instance it's like both of them are weird yeah I mean it's like who's being straight here and who's being funny no they're both being funny so watching this dynamic comedic duo do their thing riffing off of each other's energies it is blissful it is a total delight and honestly if you're not into korean political dramas which i am not into yeah any korean political drama i'm like checked out i'm like i have no idea what the hell's going on i don't give a shit but with this one i was absolutely committed why because i was just waiting i was waiting for kim Sana and cha seung on to do their magic to do their thing that's all i wanted to see uh-huh yeah And they have a lot of those moments throughout this 20-episode show. Is it long? A little bit. A little bit. But it's like you need about 20 episodes to show that incremental growth, like step-by-step progress, right? Because Kim Sana plays this woman named Shin Mire who is just a government office clerk at the city hall of Inju City. And she is... A nobody. Everybody overlooks her. All she does is make coffee for people, you know, and and she's a little delusional, like, but in a in a tongue in cheek kind of way, you know, she like acts very um, ridiculous and, you know, like airheaded, but she's not. She's actually, you know, she's all there. She knows she knows what she's about. She knows how she presents herself. She knows how the people view her and treat her which is with disrespect because they're like i mean she's a bum fuck nobody mm? she has no power she has no looks she has no say she her education is limited so fuck her right but then this dude this dude named Gu ends up in this little town and he's a politician and he basically says to her like you should try running for mayor Yeah, I mean, he's got his own political agenda for suggesting this, but he says it to her and she laughs it off. But then she slowly starts to warm up to the idea and guess what? She starts running for mayor. Yes, this bitch starts running for mayor against middle-aged Korean men who are way more educated, have way more power and money and status and they're all laughing at her. They're like, you know, who the fuck are you to stand up and try and be my opponent? Like, get out of here. But miraculously, miraculously, she wins. And as you're watching the sequence of the way that things unfold in this political arena, you realize actually it's not that miraculous. No, it actually makes a whole lot of sense because politics is so fickle. Oh my God. Like people just, the way that they get swayed by the press is astounding. The way that they get swayed by just fear around scandal, you know, and it has to do a lot of them, a lot of these scandals have to do with intimacy. Yeah. It's like, who were you fucking? You know, who should you not have been fucking? And like when these questions come up and people can't answer it, they end up just giving up their entire campaign. And so I realized, oh, it's really a matter of like how much mud and dirt can you bear on your face? And how much of, of that are you going to let them, you know, dictate your life? Like, are you going to hide, you know, are you going to just like hide and just live in a shack somewhere and pretend like you don't exist just because somebody called you out on some mistake or some maybe unsavory thing you did in the past? And like, that's really what ends up determining a person who is going to be a public figure versus not. It's like, oh, I'm a public figure, my face is out there. And am I going to be able to look at my face when people f- start throwing, you know, shit all over it? Shit, mud, tomatoes, whatever? You know, Am I gonna be able to still hold my head up and be like, I know who I am and I know what I'm about. So you know, whatever you say and do doesn't really affect me personally at all. And, and that's the thing. Like on the one hand, people say that politics is personal as in, like, my political activism and the investments that I have in terms of my values and my principles and morals and what have you, those are personal, and therefore I take a political stance here and there. Okay. There's that. But then, when you actually look at the theater of politics, nothing is personal. I mean, it's very impersonal. That's what I was realizing, you know? And what sets somebody like Shinmira apart is that she is political and personal like in sort of an even cohesive way like as in she brings her heart to the politics you know she brings her emotions and her deep political values her personal values like she brings that into the office when she starts working as a mayor and that does end up biting her in the ass a lot yeah she gets stressed out constantly because people are just like okay you're mayor now but you know fuck you like i'm not gonna listen to you i'm not gonna show up at your meetings right so there's like a whole nother you know like stack of hurdles for her to get over before people start taking her seriously as the mayor I don't know, there was something about this show that was just like really moving. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is fiction. Mm -hmm. It's fiction, but it is heartwarming. It's heartwarming and it is inspiring and it's encouraging and it's actually not that cynical. It's actually very optimistic and I I fucking appreciate that. I do. I do. We need more of that, right? Maybe I do. I need more of that. It's just because, you know, my brain is always like firing off in different directions that are saying everything that is, um, I don't know, perhaps more in sync with what the uh, reality that our mainstream presses tend to dictate through headlines like sensationalist, you know, doomsday headlines, right? And I'm just like, well, when I'm watching a TV show and I make the choice to turn to a certain channel and I want to watch something that uplifts me, well, then I will watch City Hall that came out 14 years ago that did not do very well in the ratings, even though it's written by Kim Min Suk and stars Kim Sana and Chasing Even though these people are extremely talented, maybe they thought that the show was a little boring. Yeah, it is. It is a little boring. But see, there's always a window, there's always a door like there's always a pathway into looking at something with interest. And I think that's sort of the trick and or the magic of anything, you know, if you really dwell on something, no matter what it is, like, let's say, you know, for me, like the most boring shit ever is like a political drama or a detective series, like those things tend to bore the shit out of me. But my, my window into Getting through it is finding that area of interest, which is for me in this case, it's Kim Sana and Chasengun's chemistry. Yeah, that works for me. So I'm going to watch it all the way through. And you guys, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth just seeing them perform and, you know, create something ridiculous together for a quote unquote political drama. Yeah. And this is not just a political drama. It's also like a small town drama. It's also a rom-com. It's also... Uh, it's not like coming of age, but it is like coming of into adulthood in a weird way. I mean, Shinmire is in her mid-30s, but it's like she's breaking out of her her shell of self-doubt and self-loathing at that age. To really know who she is. Like, truly. Yeah. It's actually kind of beautiful watching that growth in this character. So I think it's worth seeing just for that. Yeah. And you guys, you know you know what the difference is between this show and Big Bet, which I talked shit about last week? The difference between this show and Big Bet is that this show is actually a human story. <laughs> Whereas Big Bet, like, I have no idea whose story that was. Like, what kind of human beings are those? they're really like that's barely a human being (laughs) yeah it looks like every every single time i talk about a show i'm just gonna be like yeah putting it up against big big bet like in what in what other ways has big bet let us down compared to the show that i'm talking about today i think that's gonna be the rest of my life (laughs) oh 650 dollars